You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 52 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In this episode, I will be talking to artist Angela Edwards. Angela paints, sculpts, writes and makes films using such diverse subjects as sexuality, death, transgression, sacred sex work, female psychosexuality, voodoo as her inspiration. So thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, it's a pleasure. Hmm. So so tell the listener who, who you are and what you do. It's, it's kind of really hard to explain, but basically I write of sorts. Well, I've written a book that I had published ages ago and I've wrote essays. And I do like esoteric performance ritual, but really extreme body art. I also work in sculpture and I also work in film. Well, not really film, it's more film performances, but like film and installation art. And also um, painting as well. And what is this extreme body performance art for people who don't know? It's, it's kind of the work, the work that I've been doing. I start, I basically, I've got, I've got a bit of a, you've got to excuse me because I had a bit of a cold and a bit of a bad like throat. But basically I've been uh, doing things that are in the body they're based in ritual, but like really extreme ritual, but only one-off in one-off rituals. So it's not really performance art. It's more like um, a ritual that takes me to a new mental state, or that I can get into trance, or some kind of sort of transgressive element to it. So I I really feel loath to call it performance art because it, it it's not the spectacle of what it looks like. It's more from like an experience and reach a different state of mind. That I've been doing it with and I've been doing it around sex and death and sacred prostitution. Yeah, I saw that you you had done some work with that. So tell a bit about this sacred sex uh, concept. Well, basically I I used to be when I was 15 I was on um, crack and heroin and I was doing sex work so I was forced into it. But I had I had like no real interest in it in a spiritual context. And then I and then I cleaned up and I started like reading books on Hinduism and sacred sex work temples and also the fact it's got a long sort of um, Babylonian Azurian history as well. And I, I started thinking of it in that context and thinking the actual act was not a negative thing that it could be seen as a healer, or it could also be seen to sort of break down the ego and reach you to another sort of state of mind where you're egoless and you're just pure surrender to someone or something. So I sort of, I did painting for a while and then basically I just thought, well, I want to like go back to sex work but with the view of not funding drugs but just doing it for two years solid, three years solid but as a ritual or experiment into these ideals. And that was like extreme BDSM work and higher end prostitution, but it was just it was just kind of doing that and looking at it in relation to the Pombajira as well in Quimbanda, which is a it's like a sacred street worker and sacred prostitute that they have in the religion of Brazil. So it's kind of, and it was also looking at sort of shamanic ritual in the body. 
so from from a to from a totally kind of different angle from doing it when I was younger, which was um, just to fund a drug habit in a negative sense of the word. So what what would be the main difference in how you felt and experienced life in the old way you did it and this sacred way? Well, when I when I did it when I was like younger, I was like fifteen. I was doing it and I had a pimp and I wasn't actually. I had this boyfriend that beat me up and put me on the street, and I wasn't like in control of my own body. As a performance artist, even if I've inflicted self-harm upon, well, you'd call it self-harm, but I don't call it self-harm because it's like initiation rituals because a lot of um, practices use cutting rituals as one-off initiations to let spirits in, and it's a very dynamic practice. But basically, I think I think the thing is, is that I own my own body and I do what I want with my own body. I'm not a victim. I'm do I'm like using my body as research and as a tool. So I think I think the whole headspace with that is totally different. And all, and also, I felt like because I was doing a lot of work then, now I'm going more into like metaphysical and astrological based work like light installation work which is totally different but then I was doing things that were very based in the body and I just wanted to do things like um, transgress myself in every sexual angle that I didn't think I would choose to do but in the sex work environment it was like basically I was getting paid for it so I had to do things that I wouldn't normally do and lots of um, sort of reach a higher state of mind and reach a sort of deep connection with humanity and break down my ego. So I found that was really interesting. I found that all kept linked into the human condition as well and all the other, so it just all linked in together. Were the clients aware of what you were doing when you were doing this sacred sex work? No, they weren't aware because obviously I I tried at first to ask people to participate in it but then that didn't really work because people are scared that you'll document them or film them or they don't really want to be involved as an artist and then I just went out and actually basically did it but they they weren't aware because obviously they're just thinking that they're just going to a hall they're not even thinking of any of it and there's no there's no like temples like in India where I can actually go and express this through a sacred context except to go out and do it and be on my side sacred. But th these two years when you did it the sacred way, did you document it somehow or write, uh, write it down or was it just personal uh, emotional thing? I wrote, I wrote a book which I've not published yet. Well, it's a book, it's kind of a journal and it was all invocations of, do you know the Pombajira in Quimbanda? No, please tell more about that. It's like... Um, it's different aspects of the female self and it's kind of like it's is as similar to Babylon but not really. It's like um the dead spirits of street people and prostitutes. But then it's got different elements like uh fire, earth, you know, and higher celestial spirits as well as lower spirits of dead street people. So I, I basically was writing all these invocations and rituals, but it was all my own modern, postmodernist take of it um, in prose of this particular thing and doing like sculptural work and also doing other things while I was doing the sex work. What uh, reaction have you had to, to this project? Well, I've not actually been able to realize it. 
properly because I've not had to what I did was I I've not published a book yet even though I've got like 200 pages that I've written on this with like rituals and initiations and all these things and then I had a film diary with my footage and then the extreme rituals that I did after which were like body temple installations to the sacred prostitute but I did, I did get quite a lot of um, negative response off some women sometimes as well, because I think I think they thought that I was kind of um, objectifying the female body, or that you can't be empowered and also be a sex worker, and um, and just and also I got sort of like, so so I got I got a mixture of things. People didn't really understand it a lot of the time. Have you read uh, this book? called uh, The Satanic Witch. It's not like that. I, no. I hate that book. Oh, I was wondering because in that book they have this thing about the the woman is using her body for her own gain and you know it's, but it's not like that. It's not really like that because it's kind of like Satanic Witch from what I remember was more like you can seduce a man and be empowered and all this like and really superficial and really surface. This this work I was doing was more like connected to say something like Francis Bacon that's like really in the human condition and more visceral and more like um and also about me sort of transgressing myself and not not just about me like sleeping with a guy and getting a job or, you know, smoothing someone or something. Do you, do you know what I mean? More on a spiritual level. It's more on a spiritual level. The satanic witch is more like if you if you want to get ahead in your career, then seduce a box boss. Yeah, yeah, it's more like that. Yeah. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's not like they're not like looking at it from a transgressive or egoless spiritual level. I mean, it's just like using hallucinogenics more the way I used it. I used it to kind of reach a deeper understanding, a different mental state. How did you discover this sacred way of of doing this? It's, it's mean, it's just basically that I I was reading on the history of sacred prostitution and everything, and I just wanted to experience it, and I was kind of getting sort of tired of all these, like, superfluous explanations of sacred prostitution, where it's not really used in the people's art, or there's, like, things like American pornographic actresses that do it, and then they sort of, like oh, but I'm transgressive, but they don't really understand what they're doing. And I just wanted to, because I was reading all these books on like Hinduism and a lot of these cultures that have used it on a really deep level. I want, I just wanted to kind of experience that or put it into my artwork. So could you say that when you were doing sex work and you didn't want to do it, like when you were forced, is this was was this a way to like regain control of a, a bad experience and make it something you had control over into some positive experience? Well, I don't mean even though when I was on the streets, I had a lot of bad things happen to me. I don't really see there being any such thing as a bad experience because I kind of see all spirit experiences as equal and valid. But the thing the thing that I found interesting was the fact that I felt that. The, it was like taking it away from things like the drugs and things that controlled it to just the act. So I was kind of stripping it down to that particular thing, that ritual. Sacred sex work was a ritual rather with all the other things around it. 
that that tainted my view of what it was or didn't quite make it clear. Do you understand? Yeah. And you said you had some negative reactions. Is it like fem feminists or something like that's complained that you were objectifying yourself? Well, feminists and all, and also like I obviously I've obviously had to deal with quite a lot of sexism because even though I'm not on the occult scene and I'm not around that, I just get kind of a lot of like sexism and a lot of problems because I'm a woman producing this kind of work. Because a lot, a lot of my work is like kind of harsh as well. But as far as far as feminism is concerned, to me, it's not an argument because I don't really see it as anything to do with objectification of the female body as a sex object. Because I see it as like it's not about being a woman. Because if you look at cultures like previously, you had males doing sex work and being in the same objectified in the same context so it's just really not valid the feminist argument to this in my mind it's not it's not really anything to do with being a woman or a man i saw also that you did uh, uh, like a, a performance art or whatever you want to call it where you were having these burials that can you talk about that um, yeah, I've done, I mean, the, if you want me to go through the different things I've done in performance art, because I've done like really extreme things that are like more, I'd say they were more sort of based around, say somebody like Marina Abramovic is kind of the similar, most similar one that I know that does similar work to what I've done, but her work is all about interacting with the audience. So therefore, it's not as esoteric as my own work because my work is more about my individual experience rather than that, you know, depending on the audience to interact with me and what they do or think or say. But, um, yeah, I've, I've done things like I've done, I did a two-hour cutting ritual of sigils in my skin. I've done, I've done um, a burial, which was basically I had all the, sigils of the Pombajira like stuck to me with syringes and then my labia stapled together and my like and also penetrated with roses and then I got buried for like 40 minutes an hour that was at Edinburgh Fringe and then I, and then I've been using shrouding rituals recently uh, like shrouds that I've made with needlework with like um, quotes from the Torah, like Jewish quotes from the Torah about the body turning to dust and where I've lied for 24 hours in like a graveyard. But I mean, that was in two separate things, but I fasted. But these are all go back to shenamic rituals because in certain parts of like Eastern Europe, they do burials with a straw coming up and it's like it's kind of a normal Thing. It's just I put it in this sculptural context of esoteric performance art rather than what other people have actually probably been doing for a long time as a form of like meditation. Have you always been uh, interested in doing art or is it something that happened, you know, when you were trying to get your life together after your when you were you talked about your forced sex work and all this what did it happen after that or was it con before it happened after basically i i was 15 when i first started using heroin and crack cocaine but that that but i ended up with a habit so it wasn't kind of used in a 
again, it was used in a negative, not shenanic context because I was more needing it just to feel better and I was using it intravenously. And I like cleaned up at 22 and I was just like, I couldn't get a job because I had like this criminal record for all these things and I, you know, being in trouble with the police and that. And I did, I did sort of these theatre courses and acting courses, but it wasn't really suited to me. And then I started making art, like painting firstly, and then the other things afterwards. Yeah, you do many different kind of things. Is there one that you prefer to do? I don't I don't think the thing I least prefer to do is writing. Because I was like having a discussion with my friend tonight that I don't think... I find it really hard, um, even though I've done it, writing academic essays. I don't really think that's my thing. The, I'd, I would say in the in the actual art that I feel that it's all linked. It's like one body of work, which is really weird. So I enjoy all of it equally, and it's all connected with a strong theme. It's, I mean, it's like I went to see a Susan Hiller show, and she do works in so many different mediums, but it's not weak because it's kind of. I think I think it all connects, and it's all recognisable as the same artist. So. I I just enjoy whatever form of art that I feel like making, really. Maybe you should record your book uh, in audio form. If if writing is not your thing, maybe you should speak it. Well, that that's even that. I mean, I've I've wrote I've wrote the book, but like even speaking it is not really. I mean, I'm at the moment I'm in the middle of like editing a film of um, rituals that I've done, like the burial ritual, all these rituals like edited together. It's like a kind of surreal ritual, transgressive ritual film, a bit like sort of, I suppose, Mary Durvin's the closest thing you can like compare it to, sort of rough rituals strung together. And because I, I didn't really have any sound for it or I have some sound, I was thinking maybe I'd speak over the top of it. But I don't really like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that's normal. But one thing that's I found interesting with you when you speak a lot about doing this shamanic work is that many people I've spoken to that do different kind of shamanic work, um, the environment or the way they do it is usually very light or you know life, light, love. You know this kind of feeling you get when they speak about their shamanic work but in your case it, it I have this mo it's more you know pain death dark you know it's like now <laughs> because I've, I'm going like the opposite extreme now because like with alchemy I want to like do work that connects with all the earth-based body decaying sex work so I've been I've been making these like corpse plant sculptures with like um traditional witchcraft herbs like henbane and detura and all and like you know wolfbane and all these other things that are also used as psychotropic drugs in rituals so that's kind of like the last bit about death and um i've been now using like the idea of astrology and light installations which are very minimalist and very stripped down from what i've been doing before which is which is more what you're talking about the light mm happy side of things so maybe that's what you needed to do you needed to start with the death and then move up into the light jo joining the universes together because i've been like really getting into things like um 
you know, the California minimalist movement, light movement, and that was like um, in the 60s and 70s. And they were all about like NASA and the universe and astrology. And yet, I mean, you had all these people that were working in Silicon Valley and that. And that, I mean, and that's more, and there was no like flesh in that work. It's There's no flesh in that work. It's like totally clean and spirit-based. And I, and I kind of, I kind of like was looking to that for inspiration. I've started like making, I've only just started, but making light installations and thinking more of things that don't have um, mortality in them or that kind of physical, you know, earthiness. Because I kind of got bored with the sex thing a bit, <laughs> but I, because I, I need to evolve all the time or think of other concepts and things. You need both elements. Yeah, but isn't that uh, how why you people are or doing art is because when you were doing the sacred sex work, you were exercising that thing, and now you want to go to the next thing. You know, like that's how that's what art does when you do it. It's like you exercise whatever thing you want to exercise. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, some people I know they just like produce the same thing for the rest of their life or for thirty years, and I find that really boring. But I, can't, I kind of like hope if you're a real artist, you're constantly progressing and thinking of new ideas and new concepts and new ways of looking at the world. I, don't, I think that's I think that's what an artist should be doing. Not not just sitting there going, "Oh, sex and death is my thing." <laughs> yeah, it would be depressing in the long run. It I mean it is it's fair enough. I mean, like someone like Francis Bacon, I adore his work, and I. You know, and I adore a lot of artists that do just deal with those elements. But then I also want to sort of uh, not just be the, uh, like someone like Annie Sprinkle, who's done mainly sacred, like sex work or the porn thing. It kind of feels like, even though she was the first one to do it, so she was a pioneer, that she just really stuck with that. And I think that's kind of boring. I think you've got to keep evolving. I don't just want to be known as the sex work artist. That's like, really? Because I'm like you, I've got very, many varied interests in philosophy and everything. I'm not just stuck in that kind of genre. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to, I mean, it's difficult to be an artist, I mean, uh, to survive, just uh, <laughs> to get food and where you live, you know. Uh, is it uh, like that for you too? Are you, like, is, is it a struggle to be an artist? It, I mean, it's, it's a struggle, but the thing, the way I look at it, is you could be struggling not being true to yourself. You could be like working in a really awful job nine to five with like two kids you hate and a wife that like a wife or husband that moans at you when you come home. Or you could or you could be like doing your art and struggling. You know, you could loads of people are struggling in different ways, whether they're artists or not. But I've always wondered especially when it comes to art that is performed is that you know like if you make a painting or a sculpture you can you can sell it but how do you I mean how do you get paid for doing the performance art is, is there like I'm, I'm not I'm not because I do sculpture and I do painting um I I sort of have other things that I can sell like physical items that I can sell as you know but the, I really hate performance art or that type of artwork for that reason because 
it's it's real. I mean, my stuff is more like I more did the performance. I didn't do it as a performance because I did it as a ritual and it's a one-off ritual. I never repeated things. But I've had instances where I've done things one-off and I've almost like killed myself doing some of these performance art things. And that's not over exaggerating. And like somebody's took photos of them and then they've owned the photos and not given me that even. And I've not been paid by like sort of places like Torch Gone Fetish Club for a performance and treated really bad by the bouncers like I was mad. You know, you you just got no rights as a performance artist. Because not only do you not sometimes get paid, you've also got people taking photographs and taking film footage and then saying it, it belongs to them and it's their art. So, I mean, that is really awful. And I think... I think that I think there should be more like stronger laws of copyright around that issue because if a performance artist only has performance art and that's their living, they should then be able to make money off the images or have control over their work. But there's, there's just so much of that around where you, where you have people like taking images off you, then they're selling the images, but the performance artist has no art to sell. I mean, I think I think I think um, I feel a lot more. I feel more positive, even though I, I use I've used the performance art as an experience. I'm kind of glad that I do have my sculpture and I do have my paintings. I do have something physically to sell. That I'm not just a performance artist because if you're a performance artist, you're never going to make any money to live. I mean, unless unless you become really mega famous and even then if you're fine art you're not going to be packing out stadiums it's very immaterial performance work that makes it more pure as well so it's kind of like it's it's a two-edged sword because that makes it more like kind of had more integrity and purity to it because it's in that moment rather than a product uh, you 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 said you were interested in like the occult and esoteric things uh, but uh... You don't move in these circles, you said. You it's just more on a private level. I it's re it's really weird because I've because I've written essays that've been published in esoteric stroke art books before, and I wrote an esoteric book. I I kind of I kind of like people know who I am, but I'm not actually on the scene. I don't believe in um, kind of organized religions or groups. And a lot of these esoteric scenes are like a pecking order. And I find a lot of people as well trying to make money on spiritual things that I don't feel you would charge for or that I don't feel is ethical, a lot of things that go on the occult scene. Like people like selling, like, say, a doll that's meant to make you rich or something or like doing workshops to invoke spirits. And I find that all very kind of cheesy and tacky. <laughs> I can kind of avoid that, but I do have quite like a few friends that are actually in in traditional witchcraft or that are serious about that kind of thing that I talk to, but I'm not really on the scene because the scene is more like posers trying to make money and exploit it. And they also like to have a lot of like titles and hierarchy and magus this or master that, you know. I'm followers as well, and I'm not a follower. You know, they want a follower, and they, they, they sort of like, and, and all this like £15 for a workshop to tell you how to 
call a spirit. You know, I just just stay away from all this stuff because it really annoys me. I don't I don't feel anyone can sort of. I f I feel like it's like going into trance or any ritual. You can't plan it. It either happens or it doesn't. You know, you know things are very um, spontaneous. It's not if it's natural. It's not like hey, I can do this or do that on the spur of the moment. Same with tarot card reading. You mentioned witchcraft. Is it like Wicca or something like that? Mainly, I'm interested in folk witchcraft because I'm interested in herbalism, and I'm interested in um, like. I have a detour tree in my gar in my balcony, which I have to wrap up now for the winter. And I have all these like plants that I use. I grow plants and everything. I use them in my work in these Hessian corpse sculptures and things. But I'm mainly interested in sort of herbalism and uh, mainly sort of um, mind altering plants and plants to be used as remedies and all these things. So that I'd say I'd say that was kind of like traditional witchcraft, but then that means everybody really out there is a witch because we all use aromatherapy and we all use like um, medicines that are like now synthetic compounds of things that were originally used as herbs. Is it, I'm not I'm not sort of Wiccan because I'm more I'm more into interested in spiritualism and voodoo and different things, but I have like varied interests. I also am interested in Kabbalah as well. And Jewish mysticism, so it's just really kind of stretches across the board. I don't know much about it, but the, I've heard that Datura is uh, is you have to move carefully when if you use it. That it can be uh, quite intense uh, if you uh, partake of it. And I know that I don't know if you're aware about ayahuasca. If you mixed, if you mix ayahuasca and datura, usually because you have the shaman shamans who are like uh, trying to help you, and then you have shamans who try to manipulate you. And usually the ones who try to manipulate you, from what I've read, they use datura to mix ayahuasca with. So it's kind of like uh, I only ever smoked my datura, which I know I shouldn't say because I shouldn't advocate that. But like I, I find that when I've smoked it in my own ritual space or burnt it on charcoal, that I've not really, it's just been kind of a quite mild trance effect or quite a nice kind of visions, but not anything dangerous. But then I've done it in my own place rather than... No, I, I don't know. I, I've never tried myself. I'm just repeating what I've read, so I have no direct experience like you do. I mean, because I've, I mean, I would never take. Detour is very dangerous, and I would never actually eat it raw. But I have used it like burning it on charcoal and used it to smoke, breathe in the smoke, you know, suck the smoke up, and I've had sort of more mild hallucinogenic effects. But that's that's the only way that I would use it because if you eat it, you can like people have had all kinds of horrendous experiences with it. But I mean, I. I have I have like um, a detour tree that I got this summer outside in my where I live in the middle of London, but I have to, I have to like wrap it up now because it's winter and it's getting cold even though it's still flowering right now. With all, with all its like drooping um, lily flowers. So what uh, you you mentioned astrology, but uh, what uh, plans do you have for the next few? months or 
at the moment I'm I've got I've got my last piece I'm doing which is um, the horse shrine series I'm going to be filming the ritual but it's going to be a ritual where my a friend of mine is going to embalm my body in wax and then carve the sigils of a sacred prostitute in the wax but that, that's like like and it's going to be like encased I'm going to be encased in the wax that's that's the last piece of work in that series that I'm doing in December, but I'm only recording it on film because I I can't really I'm find it hard to find a venue to do any of these things, so I'm going to do it in my friend's place because because she lives like in an abandoned pub with a cellar, so we're going to do it there, and then and then I'm going to um, finish editing this film that I've got, which is always like rituals together. And I'm going to, and I'm working on these light installations at the moment with like painted astrology symbols hanging and things. And I'm and I'm also working on like making more of these corpse sculptures with the plants I'm painting as well. So that's basically how it is at the moment. And if people want to check out your stuff, because it's hard to visualize it, it's easier to see it, you know. Where can they do that? Um on my website, which is um www.angela carolyn not caroline edwards.com art.com art.com i always forget the art but it's art yeah and i'll also post a link to it in the program notes so people can easily click on it uh, thank you a lot for talking to me it was very interesting I, I hope so i hope it wasn't too boring no 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 uh, it's uh, original. I mean, it's uh, never had these kind of topics before, so that's good. That's cool, man. I'm glad. I'm glad you're happy with it. If you want to check out Angela's work, go to angelacarolineedwardsart.com. Now we will listen to a track by White Lighters from the album "As Far as You Can, As Fast as You Can." The song is called tied to a chair and tortured. Go to whitelighters13.bandcamp.com if you want to check out more of their music. All the links will also be posted in the program notes on naturalbornalchemist.com. Don't forget to like our Facebook page and Twitter page as well. Freedom is in the mind. Ooh. 